gentlemen, we have a special treat for you today. We have the one, the only. Welcome to the State Lines Network. Hey friends, welcome to episode 39 of the Boldly Going Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Jason Sowell, uh, taking you on this journey of conversation with creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe living right here on planet Earth. And uh, today, <clears throat> excuse me, today, uh, today's episode is uh, just as beautiful, just as creative. Uh, one of the uh, most creative voices in the Tampa Bay area right now. Um, you might recognize his his full name um, if you uh, you know have been a part of pop culture for or been involved or checked out pop culture in the past. I don't know, twenty five years. Uh, but on the podcast today we have Billy Mays the third. Billy Mays the third, and if that name rings a bell, uh, he is the son of. Uh, the great pitch man, Billy Mays, that you might have heard of. Uh, and this episode um, talks a little bit about his dad, but uh, not, a, not a ton. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about what Billy Mays III is doing these days. Um, do, he does some great stuff, incredible things. He's got a, um, a band called Infinite Third, uh, his musical project. He's working on all kinds of stuff, and he's, he's working on a beautiful thing uh, as well in honor of his dad uh, coming soon. Um, uh, later this year, and we talked about that a little bit. Uh, title of this episode, There's Always More, um, and he talks about that a little bit, that there's always more, and uh, something his dad used to say in the pitchman world, but wait, there's more. Uh, what Billy is here to say is that there's always more. There's more to life. There's more to um, what you're doing. There's always more. There's a purpose, and uh, we break that down a little bit. It's a really, really great, fantastic episode. Uh, if you want to, <clears throat> if you want to follow and check out uh, Billy Mays, you can uh, check him out on social media. <clears throat> uh, his handle is at Infinite Third. At Infinite Third, definitely go uh, check him out. Follow him on all the social media. Uh, look him up on uh, all the music ways and uh, download his albums. He's got some incredibly creative stuff that you should uh, you should check out. Uh, and as always, uh, before we jump into it, uh, we are a part of the State Lines Podcast Network. Uh, if you don't know anything about that, go check out state-lines.com and uh, check out the other podcasts we have there. The other uh, shows are great, a lot of fun, creative. Definitely check those out. And uh, as always, I like to encourage you to do something to get involved in your community. What thing that you're going to hear from Billy Mays today is uh, the importance of getting involved in your community, giving back, doing something to better the world around you. And I echo that. I uh, would encourage you to find something in your community to get involved with. Uh, you can check out my organization, Current Initiatives. You can follow us at Engage Current. Uh, you can go to engagecurrent.org, see what we're doing, get involved there. And if that's not something that uh, floats your boat, no problem. Find something in your community that you're passionate about that you can give back to and be a part of. And, uh, and boldly go, as we like to say. Boldly go into the world and make it better. Uh, find a way to do that. So thank you for listening. Here we go with episode 39 with my friend Billy Mays third. So I'm going to 
And this literally has been recording the whole time. Okay. Yeah. And we'll we'll cut it off at yeah. I'll start it later than what we did. Yeah. But uh, just to kind of do, we don't typically do like a formal introduction. Yeah. It just kind of goes into it. But Billy May's third on the on the podcast. Um, I'm gonna let you. We've been talking already about you've touched on music, speaking that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you give a quick synopsis of what mm. you do, okay. who you are. Uh, other than the obvious, yeah, of, you know your namesake. Or yeah, um, I I break up my life in a lot of a lot of different directions, but I, I sort of do have a hierarchy of what's important to me, like project wise. Yeah, and I have a Google Doc that like lays it out and like even down to font size. Like, oh nice. So I can like gauge what's most important right now and like what's on the forefront. Yeah, and the first one is always Infinite Third which yeah. is my solo music project because yeah. it's the one thing that I do by myself um, and I can I go out and tour with this and it's sort of my like it's like it's like my spiritual work it's like my meditation my mm-hmm. my dojo my martial art yeah. you know and it's just guitar based um, electronic looping and stuff like that and it's pretty free form but at the same time I do release albums so there's a lot of different Infinite yeah. Third itself has a lot of like pathways that it right. gets to people, yeah. And but my favorite being just like the live setting and being able to play live. Okay. So the next one under that is Mouth Council, which is oh yeah yeah. So this is my this is basically like the opposite of Infinite Third. Infinite Third is like the solo like myself processing yeah musically. Mouth Council is the community. It's I take the same looper that I use and I gather people in a circle, anyone, okay. and have a microphone and I'll start a little beatbox loop and then I'll pass the microphone around and it's an interactive performance and we do it on a stage or anywhere really. Oh, I do nice. it at like parties and yeah. um, we met because I was doing it at a at a convention, you know. At oh a, yeah, at yeah, a, that's right. <laughs> but um, Mouth Council has its own crazy like different appeal and a lot of people know me for that locally and because yeah. it's like more fun and engaging. But right. I don't really weigh them out. I just look at them as like, one's my extroverted side and one's my introverted right. side, pretty much. Oh yeah. Okay. Or they both kind of have both in them because, like, as in Mouth Council, I'm the leader, but I lead by like giving other people the spotlight. Yeah. Which is like something I love, but I'm still mixing everything mm. together, and it's about the the mix that I'm creating. So I get to take the credit, but it's I don't I don't have to actively take it. I'm just there mixing and. Um, after that, I would say I sort of look at it like um, my name, Billy Mays. Uh, there's there's a there's two different projects that are sort of developing mm-hmm. under that. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're at the 10 year anniversary of my dad's death this year. Yeah. So that'd be June 28th. And just for some context, real yeah. quick, for you know the random person that maybe okay. doesn't know, <laughs> or you know they might recognize the name, but. Yeah. Um, your dad was a very famous. This is probably the right word. Yeah, famous. He was a famous uh, pitchman. Um, pitchman for OxyClean and a bunch of other prod- products. Probably like over thirty yeah. products that that people know about. And he uh, he did that his whole life, and and then he he passed away when he was fifty. Basically, like when he was getting to a new peak of his career. He yeah. wasn't on TV until he was, like, 40. So from 40 to 50 was his, like, 
famous time, basically. Yeah. But now he sort of exists 10 years later just as this sort of meme, like, yeah. internet uh, yeah. presence. Yeah. And I love it, you know? I, and so, so part of my life is paying tribute and what I call, like, like tending to his unfinished business, which yeah. is just connection and... Um, <laughs> Because I feel like he was sort of cut off too soon to really, like, realize what where he was going with mm-hmm. it. Like, he, mm-hmm. it sort of just all happened at once, and he wasn't really, you know, he he, uh, he didn't really know what to do with it yet. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's it's kind of unfortunate that, like, he didn't get to see what would happen. Yeah. But now I look at it like I'm here to, like, sort of continue that as, Scared like, literally as his name yeah. In the world. I'm Billy Mays now. Yeah. Hi, Billy Mays here. That's me. Um, so I have, like, basically the beginnings of a nonprofit organization, which is tentatively called just BillyMays.org. Yeah. Um, we also call it, it's like the tagline, there's always more. Yeah. Um, we sort of a play on, but wait, there's more. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I like um, it. <laughs> so the idea behind that is sort of like, now that my dad is not uh, tied to a, you know, a temporary body I I can sort of like use his energy and spirit like more freely and just yeah. um, do what I think you know could be done with it and that right. to me that's generosity and like very general terms uh, like yeah just giving whereas yeah. he he wasn't quite there yet like he was very generous but he wasn't he didn't get a chance to like breathe and like really plan out what he wanted to do with yeah. with his fame yeah so i i just look at it like that would have been the next step so i'm gonna do that so with that nonprofit organization um so far all i've really done is it was sort of a practice run i released it sort of overlapped with infinite third i i I curated 18 remixes of my last album called okay. Channels okay. and uh, just got a bunch of producers to do their own version of the mix and they're all different like they all sound completely different and I was like what should I do with this like I'm going to put it out everywhere I could take the little bits of money that come in and like split it up 18 ways with all the producers mm-hmm. but I talked to them all and they all agreed to let me donate the money um, to Casa Okay. so we're still collecting the money basically like it it's only been a few months and like it takes time for the royalties from Spotify and all yeah. that to come in. Yeah. So once that's all in, we're going to give the first payment to Casa. And that was sort of a practice run of like what's possible, just really low key, raising money, right. give it away to causes that I like. But the greater vision is that, um, this is the best way I can put it, is that my dad was a pitch man for products and gadgets and inventions yeah. and I want to be a pitch man for causes that I believe in. Yeah. So, uh, I love yeah. So I don't know what that means yet all the way. Um, I think that's my way of starting. It's like just working how I can, like yeah. I'll, I'll interact with like creative clay sometimes mm-hmm. locally and do some mouth counsel with them. <clears> and yeah. so that's just the small ways, but I see something where you kind of swoop in on a, on a nonprofit for a, a quarter of a year and yeah. just do all you can to raise awareness for them. Right. Branding, help them with, with whatever they need resources and then move on. Yeah. That's how I see it. So I, I, we're not quite there yet, but I, I plan to like launch something more formal this summer. Yeah. Um, for the 10 year anniversary. So. That's incredible. So. I, I would think we talked about this a little bit when we yeah. talked about you being on mm-hmm. the, on the podcast. Um, and you know we obviously don't need to talk about your dad the whole time. Yeah, we're no, here to okay. talk about it. but um, that that business that you was in is I think it's it's 
I don't know that anyone saw the type of like fame that would come out of that. Like it just stuff yeah. that was like, yeah, I'm gonna pitch these products, somebody that's good that can be on TV and do that kind of thing. Um, and such a bizarre. I, he's probably, I feel like he's probably very misunderstood based off of that. But yeah, the ability that you have to carry that beyond to take that talent, to take the thing that he was known for, and to retool it. Mm-hmm. For who you are, yeah, to champion causes is incredible, incredible thing. Yeah, I feel like it's something that I'm about to step into. I don't really know what it looks like yet, because there was this whole, there's this whole like journey for me in the past ten years. Of I was only 22 when my, yeah. when my dad died. Um, I think I turned 23 like two months later, and there was all this talk of like. Hey, you're gonna you gonna step into his shoes yeah. and be a pitch man, and I was just like, no, I'm an artist. Like I don't, right. I don't do that. And I was sort of rebelling against it in a way. And like there was even some like fun things that were shot where I like did a pitch, and people were like, oh, we could get you on TV and stuff. And I just kept being like, no, I, I didn't want to do that. And um, then somewhere along the way of like building my business as a musician. I realized, like, I'm doing the same thing that my dad did, which was he was a traveling pitch man mm-hmm. for from like 20 to 40. Like, yeah, that was his his lifestyle was going to home shows, home and garden shows, okay, you know, fairs, yeah. and selling a product. And so I realized I'm touring, I'm going to city to city, I'm setting up, performing, selling my merch, yeah, talking about my music. And it was basically the same thing that he was doing back then, which except his merch booth and his performance were the same thing. He was just performing Interesting. to show his merch. So it hit yeah. me and I was like, oh man. So I've had, I've, it's taken a long time, but I've come around to, I want to, I think I want to do a version of this. And yeah. cause I am doing it and it's in, I, I wouldn't say it's in my blood. I think it's just in my, like, I grew up under his booth at these home shows. Like that would be right. when I would spend time with them was at these yeah. home shows. So I'm playing with my, X-Men figures you know, mm-hmm. under the booth and like mm-hmm. absorbing this pitch. So I know it like there's part of it in me and I see it all the time. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm deciding what that means with like, I, I don't really believe in like, like that part of the business with like disposable, like gadgets and stuff. So that, yeah. that doesn't really resonate with me. I don't really want to like just fill that hole. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not trying to sell products over here that some random person invented. Yeah. But you know, there's room for, if someone has an invention that like changes the world, you know, I'm I'm down to to see what we could do. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, that's so cool. I, I am I'm fascinated by that. I it's an interesting the journey of you going from yeah I don't <laughs> that's not me that was my dad yeah um, to finding a way to honor that. Yeah, it's sense, a weird like it's about you. It's not, a weird like cosmic joke that I find that I'm like ah. Like, I, you can't outrun your ancestry, uh-huh. you know? Like, you have to honor it. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm not, like, it doesn't, it's not, like, frustrating. It's it's just more, like, funny that I thought I could, like, denounce it. I didn't, right. I, I wasn't, like, mad at it. I was yeah, just yeah. like, that's yeah. not me. And, like, right. And it's Well, like, and they, I feel like they did a number on you right out of the gate by just naming you. Yeah, well, my, my dad talked about that, like, once he started becoming famous, he would the one thing he did do as a famous person was like he would he would use the perks that people would mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know if he got to park somewhere special because people recognize him he'd be like yeah let's park there yeah but uh-huh. like I swear like he wasn't 
it was weird, like, the, what I saw. Like, he was very generous with his his money and his time. If you ran into him at the airport, I spent I flew many times with him yeah. at his peak, and people would stop and talk to him and recognize him, and he would he would just chat with them oh, for like wow. a lot of time. Yeah, and I and I still have people that reach out to me and say I met I met him in Denver or something, and and oh, wow. he sat and talked with me and my wife, and we took a photo together. It was like a great memory. Yeah. So I, and I totally witnessed this firsthand, but. I think that like one he used to say like just tell him your name and I'd be like well what, what? like uh-huh. so I, I think if I, for a while I was like I wasn't even really calling myself Billy you know I was like Bill or yeah. something like that like almost in a way to like differentiate William me. my name is William yeah <laughs> like I, and I did that is our name yeah William so um, I think once I embraced that I was Billy it was sort of like I had I had like something more on my side in yeah. a way. So like I do, yeah. I wouldn't say I take advantage of it, but I, I would say that I, I definitely like, I feel like I try to be gracious and like conscious about what connections that gives me. Yeah. Cause it also comes with like, I think some people write me off mm. because like, Oh, I make music and I'm the son of this guy, you know, it, it, people make a lot of assumptions. So yeah. I just, I try. I don't like bring it up right away, but I'm, I'm it's totally a big part of my life, so I'm not going to not talk about it. Yeah, and not embrace it. You know, how do you uh, how do you deal with that? In a, like, if you're in a scenario that you know that they have a preconceived idea about you because of your name, is there a do you have a when you recognize that? Is there a thing in you that goes, okay, I know how I'm going to break this down, or do you just like I'm just I'm just here. I'm going to be me. And then yeah. it comes up and we talk about That's it. That's pretty like, much it. Um, a lot of pit times lately when I say my name, people will just like laugh. And I'll be like, that's my name. And then like, oh, like the guy on the TV? And then like, like yeah, he was my dad. And then they stop. Oh, wait, shit. seriously? And then I'll like pull out like a sticker or something and be like, yeah, why would I have this if I right. didn't? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one like not negative it's almost a good thing it's like something to like discern is that sometimes I do see people like sort of being dismissive of me Mm. um, not like before they know that and then once they find that out they think that they can like that I'm I have some greater value now yeah for them or for whatever yeah and I see it very easily in people and it kind of just makes me stop and think like wait a minute but I don't. I try not to judge that either because yeah. I, I feel like if I met like George Clooney's son, he doesn't have a son, I don't think. But if I was yeah, like, if somebody yeah, was like, right, right. if somebody was like, oh, George Clooney's my dad, I'd be like, oh man, I want to know you. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> so, Are you friends with that guy? Yeah. So I, I don't. It, it, there's like a. It's more in like a business setting or something. Yeah. Like I, I try to like. I hope that there's like a level of respect without knowing who are, like who we know. Sure. Bef- you know, and yeah. I'd like to yeah, see yeah. that first. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, I, that's such a weird, I think that's a weird thing just on the human condition in general of like, we definitely rank people based on a, what our perceived value mm-hmm. of that person yeah. and what they have or who they are and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's an interesting thing to think that we, we look at one person and like that person has more value than that human being mm-hmm. does. Man, it's as a as an artist, as a musician, I have to like constantly remind myself that I'm not like my output or my art, like any like anything really. Even my 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 status, my my career, like my money, mm-hmm. doesn't 
doesn't like really add value to me. Like I'm valuable without any of that. Yeah. I have to remember that. <laughs> and that's the, really, I find that it's the only way that I'm like blessed with the, the, what it's called like the muse or the, yeah. you know, the creativity is like when I don't like come from such an ego based, like this will make me cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, um, how do you stay, how do you stay true to that for yourself? Like the reminder of like all this stuff is not who I am or make me valuable. I probably like deep down always have like a little bit of like trying to have value, like desperately. Yeah, sure. Like I feel like right, anyone, right. anyone like everyone going out to do is. anything yeah. is like doing it because they think they think it makes them more worthy of mm-hmm. being here. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I'm like, cured of that but uh, I, sure. I, and I by the way I don't think anyone yeah ever, exactly so, <laughs> so I, I think the infinite third being like this this thing that I really keep like which has turned a lot of people off I, I released an album right the year that my dad died and that was my first album so I was recording my first album as this like I had a I'll, I'll cut to another part of the story which is February of 2009 a few months before my dad died, I was in an apartment fire where I lost all my stuff. I, oh, I was wow. fine. Okay. I got out as it was burning, and then everything I owned, including like my clothes and my studio and my guitar and wow. everything, gone. So I had to like start a new life with like the clothes I was wearing, mm-hmm. my phone, wallet, keys, and that was it. Yeah, which was completely like liberating because I don't have the same relationship with like material. Mm items as I as I did before that so yeah. I'm like I I we just had 222 was the um, 10 year anniversary of that okay so I had a show that night and I really reflected on it and I realized like I'm very thankful that that happened even though it sucked and yeah. I had to start over like I'm glad it happened then like so I had all this time to like right. heal and learn and reflect about it so I was recording an album after that that was like really different than what I had always done and it was like more emotionally connected to myself okay. to sort of process this yeah and then I had about three songs done and then my dad died and I stopped making music for like two or three months and I was mm. like oh I don't know what to do and then it turns out of course I realized that like my dad dying also gave that extra boost of like I need to finish this album and like it connected it, it felt like it fused yeah my emotional process with my music which mm-hmm. like I, I think at the time maybe I was reading like the artist way okay. too so like yeah. there was a lot playing into this and like I got it on like an intellectual level but then like once it clicked and I finished this album I was like wow there's something you know special going on here like I, I was able to harness this process into something tangible yeah and so a lot of people were touched by that album and it's a very emotional album all instrumental it's called Gently um, they used Discovery Channel used uh three of the songs in the tribute to my dad oh wow like when he died and so it became sort of synonymous with the people grieving publicly like these songs kicked in right when like somebody's pouring their heart out about my dad so a lot of people still reference that album and that'll be 10 years this December um but then since then I felt like I never really had the response to my music since then because I I kept progressing it so much and I was progressing as a human Mm -hmm. so I went very experimental and I 
made more like ambient drone things and just I, I wanted to do that I wanted to be more like exploratory right so a lot of ups and downs in my musical career but I think the way that I kept that was just like I had to get rid of the idea that like the reason I was doing it was so that you know I got validation from other people yeah and so I found that like I've come full circle and I released an album called Channels and that was sort of like an eight years later thing and I felt like I was tapping into something from back then like and I made this album and it felt like a more cohesive thing than the stuff I released between Gently and Mm -hmm. then and I did find that it had like a whole different um, it had a whole different response so you know it's weird that you find out that like you stop caring about what people think like finally they start connecting again yeah and I'm like okay well I don't need it you know I don't know but it's, yeah, so that's my my way is like the other way is like improvisation. So like okay, we've talked we talked about public speaking when yeah. we were in our conversation earlier. But I think that a big part of Infinite Third is that I don't trust my mind with it. Like I I have mm. to like let my body just do what it does. Like and like my album was called Channels. Yeah, and it was about channeling. And I felt like any time that I'm like out of the way, my mind is out of the way is when like the best most magical things happen with my music so in a way it's hard to take credit for that but you you take credit Mm -hmm. for like the subtractive nature of like showing up and then like trying not to influence it too much from the wrong right angle right um so with your music what's your like what is your inspiration with that or how like how did you how did you go into the experimental death? I mean, yeah. like just sort of uh, impermanence. Like, it, like probably the years after I released that one album, Gently was like the reality. Like, Gently is like hopeful and optimistic, even though okay. it was about death and grief. Yeah, it was sort of like it was like what I thought, like my life was going to look like, which it, and it, it ends up, you come around and you realize there was a lot of gifts. There yeah. were a lot of gifts in, yeah. in that death or loss, but I almost like jumped the gun and I like tapped mm-hmm. into like my future self of like, Hey, it's going to be fine one day. Yeah. So I've made this like really hopeful album and I still listen to it and I'm like, damn, like how did I, like, what was I, Yeah. I, I was so lost and down when I made this album, but yeah. it's so like, to me, it's very like, it has an energy about it that like kind of knows everything's going to be okay. But then I feel like the years after that were the, the reality of like, yeah. Oh, this is getting dark and low. And, um, so the honesty of that might've turned some people off along the way, but I think it wasn't about that. It was about me and my practice, yeah. you know, kind of became a, sounds like your music kind of became therapy for you. Totally. And now it's like, now I feel like, I keep hitting new levels of like what it means to be challenged in my music. Like now I know I can set up a show anywhere and not plan anything and yeah. like put on a good set. Yeah. You know, especially if the room is into it or just people are there to hear it. Right. So that was something that only came in the past like two or three years was that comfort of that space, the public space. Yeah. And so I live stream a lot too on my Facebook page and stuff like that. And that's yeah. more just so like, I'm sharing it, but it's more, it's like, Hey, watch if you want, but I'm doing this. Yeah. And, but always my music's influenced by people doing something to it. Like whether it's like 
just listening or meditating or mm. do, making art or something. So yeah. I, I try to create situations that have an audience, but like I love an audience that's not just like staring. Yeah. It's cause it's, my music is sort of, uh, it's good for like tandem creation. Okay. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like, like so I do a lot of yoga classes. I play okay. for a lot of yoga classes and I find that it's like the perfect audience because they're hearing everything, yeah. but they're engaged in something else. And they're mo- uh, Interesting. Know? Yeah. So they're like a passive audience in a way. Yeah. Um, they're, they're an active audience, I guess is like, they're not fixated on me. And like, what are you going to give me? Right. They're working side by side. And then they're like, Oh my gosh, thank you for, providing the music for my practice and like, yeah. I love that I think that I wish there was ways more ways to do that in like a, a, a classic show setting sure you know Which yeah there probably are maybe, maybe now that we're talking about maybe this there I'll, are. I'll, yeah, I'll start thinking about this out of way, man. yeah that's uh that's really interesting um do you know two things I wanted to bring up about this but it makes me think of uh are you familiar with an artist named MC Yogi yeah yeah. So I feel like he does he does similar like a, things. He does like a hip hop thing with like yeah. yoga and right. Yeah. So they're like basically doing yoga, but essentially while he's performing mm-hmm. a little bit, and it's like that feeding off the energy yeah. of both kind of thing. It's yeah. Fascinating. I I find that like that's probably one of my most unique offerings. It's like yeah, I'm a guitar looper, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I perform it's like cathartic music, but it's also like relaxing. There's all that, but then like when I do a yoga set, I really feel like there aren't. I haven't seen many artists that are able to. I'm saying this as in like I'm kind of surprised by it that my music works so well in the setting because the improvisation aspect. Just I can I I really feel like it's easy for me to see where the class is going. Yeah. And like and like evolve with it. So yeah. like I just don't know like even when you DJ, it's like hard to like really match that right that feeling. So like, yeah. You know, in a way, I'm I'm just like humbled by the response I've gotten for that because I never like set out to be like a, a yoga musician. You know, right, like, right, right. <laughs> I, I yeah. Well, I think too lives. So it's fascinating that something like that would work too because I feel like a lot of people go to a show of a band that they want to see and. It's so often they're there like I want to hear you play the songs that I love, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, like I can't, I've been to some shows where I left and I would hear someone talking about like, yeah, it was great, but they didn't play the song that like my favorite song of all time, you know, or whatever. I could see that though. There's a place for that. Like for sure. But I think what's interesting about your scenario is that, uh, they may, you know, someone, they may come to your show and they might get like whatever song from, um, your first album? No, they don't. Like, I don't yeah. play. Oh, okay. I don't play. So that's the thing. I, yeah, the like, only the only set I have that is album based was this this newest album, Channels. Okay, I was playing that album almost in its entirety. Okay, um, and it's like slightly different, but it's basically the album where I'm playing along to it. Yeah, and um, that was that did really well. Like I I did like that I was playing something that you trusted you were going to get. Right. Like, yeah, you, you yeah, recognized yeah. it if you liked the album. And then yeah. also, if you see me for the first time, then you buy the album, you're like, oh, this is what I heard. Right, right. Which now I've sort of like retired that for, for temporarily at least, mm-hmm. channel stuff, so I could like push forward. Yeah. But I think the idea is that they come to my show and you're kind of just like dipping your toe in like the river. Yeah. It might be like colder that day than it was, but it's the same river. Like you, you know yeah. the scenery. Yeah. But yeah, you don't know what 
what like the the weather is that day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you a, get that's such a brilliant analogy. Yeah. But I love that about your the mentality is like, yeah, you're you're coming not to experience the things you've heard over and over again that you want to see live. Mm-hmm. You're coming because you're going to experience something new or fresh that's in this moment. Mm-hmm. And it's generated by the energy of all of us being here yeah. in this moment. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm really big on just like a personal stance. I think it's great for other musicians, but from a personal stance, like I don't like a lot of people say, Hey, have you ever done projections? during your set because mm. it's so cinematic and I oh picture, yeah 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 I, I like it just to be like nope we're here even if it's like an ambient like Real chill set fun. like we're here in this room like that is the reality is the set like it's not yeah. I don't want to like your mind can fill in those blanks so I, I try not to do like visual <laughs> too much visual stuff like I'll have lights at the mm-hmm. very at the most but yeah. there's something I have like for my music like what I'm trying to present it's more just like the reality is we're sitting in a coffee shop, you know, yeah. and some dude is conjuring sounds and like, you just are sitting here with your thoughts. Like that, yeah. I like that. And I that's, don't know. That's don't awesome. Know. So in that scenario for you, like we were talking about earlier with public speaking of like, you know, you know where the, you know where the end point is, you know where the journey is taking us, but, and that's where I'm going to end. Mm-hmm. How I get from where I'm at right now to that point it's very fluid yeah. based on the energy. Is it similar for you when in music when you're performing? Like you know where you kind of want to end up or is it just like I'm coming in with we're going along in this journey yeah. together. Whatever's happening in this space, that's what's going to create. L- lately, I've tried to remove even the starting and end points okay. in a way because they they happen. I, I look at the time and I say, oh, I have five minutes left. I, I think we can wrap it up. And I like mm-hmm. go into just – a path that leads to the end, whatever that right. is. Um, I think it's more that like time is the only boundary on each side. Yeah. And I am able to like, I, I guess it's like, I feel like I have moves mm. that like, even if I do them, it, it'd be like, it'd be like yoga, I guess. Like it, you can yeah. do the poses, but you can do them different every time mm. or like a martial art. You're going through your sequence, but, like, you feel different every time you do it. And it yeah. might look different even when you do it sometimes. Right. And so I feel like there are a couple moves. Like, oh, I know this type of path leads to this type of song, and then I can do this type of thing with it. Right. So it's more just, like, I rely on those to, like, fall back on so it's a continuous stream. Mm-hmm. But I know that if the parameters are vague enough, it'll still be completely unique to that moment. Yeah. And so I just rely on that for mouth counsel too. That definitely for mouth counsel. Cause like I made the role of mouth counsel. I was like, if you're thinking about what to do, like just forget about it. Like I, some, some people will be like, Hey, I'm ready for mouth counsel. I have my sound picked out. And I'm just like, just throw that out. Like, let's just, yeah. you know, but I, totally anyone can have their own, you yeah. know, bring their own thing to it. The whole point of mouth counsels is this free zone, this free expression zone of like, you can't do anything wrong is what I say. So, so uh, with that, then so the mouth council is not it's not like someone's or maybe it is I don't know but I'm gonna what? throw this question out there there is that sound based it's lyric based or it's whatever comes it's out whatever I, I okay. tell people you can sing you could speak you can make percussive noises um, I even say like you can if you can't think of anything like make an animal sound 
Yeah. Like that's something to fall back on. Like people yeah. are like, caw or uh-huh. something like that. And also I, to make it really safe for everyone, if you're in that circle, I, some people get in the circle and they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah. So I also say, if you get the microphone, if you don't want, if you don't have a sound, then just pass it. It's like a rest in yeah. music. Like that's silence is valuable mm. too. So, yeah. so it's, sometimes you'll get people I wish there was more people who just naturally would speak over the music because I love that. Mm, like some, mm-hmm. a lot of people rap or sing but, or right. um, scat, like yeah. nonsense, <laughs> like lyrics, right. but it's singing. Stuff like that is great. Um, there's like bloops and boop, 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 you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I, I love when someone just gets the microphone and they're like, oh, this is a platform for me and I can just speak. Like, and they'll start talking about what they believe in or something. I, and I like that, except... I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start preaching. Yeah, like I'm in a weird spot sometimes where it's like it's a very free speech zone in a yeah, way. Yeah. But I've, I've only had once or twice to like really cut someone off. And one time, one like a couple times for like going too long. And I just like, hey, pass yeah. it. And that's nothing. That's totally fine. They just got caught up in the moment. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one time a, a drunk white guy started rapping and he was just like blatantly using the N-word. And, I, and everyone sort of like went like this and I was just like is it I don't know if it's my like I guess I'm the leader so I should I should take it and like yeah. stop this and so I I did I basically like I took the microphone and I I didn't like I didn't like traumatize everyone by like being like no stop this we have right. to stop but I totally talked about it I was like <clears throat> we can't have that. Like, that's not cool. Why are you saying that? Like, right. I, I didn't like, it didn't really turn in, it was a party, so it didn't really like turn into a conversation, but yeah. I, I'm still debating like, what is my, like how free can I make it without yeah. censoring, but also like give everyone a platform. Sure. And that's, that's a big part of my life. I think it's like, I, I sort I like to give people platform, like at shows or whatever. I yeah. like to feature people. Yeah. So at what point, Am I allowed to control what they do on that? Or, or at least sure. st- put a stop to something that I don't agree with? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a, I mean, you know, I'm a big, personally, like a big uh, proponent of like, you know, boundaries or parameters yeah. are important, mm-hmm. you know, and it's important to communicate those. Like free, uh, you know, things like free speech, all for it. But there's also parameters to that mm-hmm. free speech, like respectful, like you know, yeah, like, like I don't know, yeah, yeah. There's certain things like, and there's parameters like, yeah, that's, you have every right to speak whatever it is, but everyone else in here also has the right to not react listen to that, respond, to react yeah. to it, respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's gotta be that's gonna be that'd be interesting. What do you in so in those moments? Here's what I'm curious about too. When you do the mouth council thing, um, what is the what are like the varied responses of people in that scenario? Because I feel like you have you have people that are very free about it, mm-hmm. like drunk white guy, for example, <laughs> or. Um, People that are, I'm assuming people that are like, I don't, I'm really uncomfortable and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, There's a lot of that. Uh, A lot of people who I know want to express and they get a little intimidated or they get just quiet and that's totally fine. Some people like, 
sometimes like the person next to them will be pushy and it'll make them close mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But I like to just say, no, it's, it's fine. You don't have, like, we're here if you want to do it. Like, I, that's kind of the stance I take. Yeah. But more, more often, I think what happens is if you just give them the space, maybe they pass one time or maybe maybe they do something like they're not loud enough that first time and then like somebody next to them is like no just just be louder do it and like kind of just nudge them and encourage them i've seen people like go from super shy to like whitney houston uh-huh. <laughs> just like whoa and so that that kind of thing actually is pretty common like people just really come out of their shell yeah and i'd like to think that that's because we're all kind of in a level playing field even a singer like maybe like trained singers or like people who feel more confident are mm-hmm. at a more of a more of an advantage I guess if it were a competition but I think the whole thing being a circle it doesn't feel like a competition yeah there's no like the spotlight's given to someone and then it moves on like it's not yeah. like they steal the spotlight that's the whole point it's like a talking stick yeah um, so I think that I think that people I think it's a great little platform and I've had people tell me I have a very good friend um who told me that when he first started in mouth council, he was, it sort of brought him out of his shell and let him like see that he had it in him to express like that. Yeah. And now he's an improv actor and oh, he's a wow. great, he's a great musician. I, I, I call him to come to shows like as one of my like go-to guys. Cause I know yeah. I can handle the mic and he's gonna, that's incredible. My friend, Zach, if he's listening, Zach, I love you, man. Zach, <laughs> Zach is a little promo. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. I, you know, I think there. I think sometimes we lose a little bit of the the importance of that other human connection that gives you that ability to be expressive. Mm-hmm. So I think we do live in a lot of space of we withdraw a lot more mm-hmm. now. Like it's real easy to withdraw from that human interaction yeah. of being sitting in a circle. And feeling safe enough to yeah. express express yourself. Well, this is why I I feel that it's really special when you can bring it to shows that are audience performer. Yeah, and there's a like literally a wall between the crowd and the stage. Yeah. Like I like I'll be at a show and I'll be like the in between guy, or I'll do a set, and sometimes we'll have like ten to fifteen people come up on the stage who are just in the audience, and I think right. that like there's something about that that like breaks down that veil of mm-hmm. like like these boundaries do exist for like the purpose of this performance that audience yeah. performer like split right but I like being able to call out that it's just a like an idea in our minds and then like I like bringing that to that setting because it does it can loosen people up and just be like oh you know I forgot we're just like human and yeah and we are playful and stuff right. like that yeah that's so yeah I love it I have a friend that um Speaking of playful, that reminds me of this. Is like, he's their business is they they build, um, you know, just ran. They it's a lot of ping pong tables and stuff like that. Mm. But they're like, they put them in random spaces, like public spaces that that not normally play happens. Nice. And this whole thing is like, the, the older we get, the the more we forget how to play mm-hmm. and just be playful. And so and he talks about like some of these installations and stuff they do watching watching kids versus adults interact with it. Mm. Kids automatically know how to interact with it. They know how to play because they're not tethered by their, yeah. they're not, you know, constricted by 
what are all these people going to think if I'm just playing around out here? Mm -hmm. Adults are like, it takes them a while, but you know, if you get them engaged to it, they love it because yeah, well, they rediscover how to play again. This reminds me of like what the spectrum is of my mouth council experiences. The middle ground is like shows with musicians and artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. But on one end, I've done corporate team building events or, you know, team building exercises where it's just people at work and I have to get them to come out of their shells. Or, um, I did a women's leadership Academy where it's like women who didn't know that they were going to get themselves into that that day, but like they end up totally loving it, but it takes more time. It seems like, or it takes, I don't know. It just takes like more enthusiasm to get everyone there. Yeah. And then, then on the other side of the spectrum, what we're talking about is like first night St. Pete, the mm-hmm. New Year's Eve celebration, like the family-friendly one. Yeah. They had me with a three-hour-long, like, setup outside. Okay. And it was mostly kids that came up. Yeah. Like parents bringing their kids up because they knew it was like this, oh, my kid will get to get on the mic. Right. And some of these kids were just, like you said, they had no inhibition of, like, who cares, like, who's watching or listening. It yeah. Was, so in that way, it was like, maybe it wasn't as mature, like, musically, but it was like everyone could learn a lot from like what happened in that right. circle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people like kid like a, like a a three year old probably three three like three year old girl. Sometimes you hand a kid a microphone and they're just like, I don't even know what that is. Like, why are you? What right. is this thing? Yeah, and then sometimes they are shy if they're a certain age. But I was so surprised this three year old girl like walked up next to me and she was like interested she clearly had some sort of like music uh exposure that she's had in her life uh and i'm thinking oh this might be one of those situations where she just stares and then i hand her the mic and she doesn't want to do anything and i i handed her the mic and i swear she started like singing a chorus like i like things that like singers do in mouth council and the crowd was even just like wait is that coming from that girl and i was like yes like this is happening and then that totally elevated there were probably 20 people around at this time yeah that totally elevated everyone to just like first you're in awe of like wow okay anybody could do this and then like i think one turned out to be her brother was also there yeah and then he starts beatboxing over what she did and it's just like it just that was a very special one because the crowd cheers it yeah she feels this like I didn't even think she really understood what was happening. Like, I don't think yeah. she understood that it was a performance. So, yeah. like, which is great. She was just, it's not a performance. Like, you know, oh, it's like, it's a music, performance I want to sing. Yeah. That's super yeah. cool, man. There's something really fascinating and interesting to watch when a, like, a wall comes down on some level mm-hmm. and you, like, you can feel it with the energy change or the attitude change in the room. When, yeah. Um, it's kind of that idea of like a friend of mine were talking the other day about the the first follower basically is mm, the most yeah, yeah. important mm-hmm. you know the guy doing the crazy thing up front like he's just crazy yeah until the first person starts following there, there's a video of like a festival where yeah. the dude is just uh-huh. dancing on the mountain and like everyone just watching him and then somebody yeah. else joins him and then before you yeah, get it everyone like a dance else jumps in yeah, yeah. there's actually a, someone did a TED talk about that I really? think it was called the first follower or mm-hmm. something like that and they used that clip yeah I think like, that's where I saw it actually yeah um, but that's an interesting it's fascinating to watch that when that and it's interesting when it's somebody like that and it's like Three-year-old, totally yeah. aware. Yeah, well, that was that changes. took me off guard. I, I was like, maybe she's like 
seven and like looks like she's three but it mm-hmm. wasn't i don't think that was the case because then i like then i like talked to her family after and it was just like no she's just like a little little toddler yeah <laughs> i was like whoa that's but, so yeah. funny that's interesting so yeah kids I, I kids are great with mouth council um that's sort of like the difference between infinite third and mouth council is like infinite third is more for like people having Issues like mm-hmm. it's therapy, you know. Yeah. But like kids, a lot of kids don't really need therapy, and like yeah. some people just don't need. Some people just don't at that time are not open to going into their feelings or right. You know, even self reflecting, and that's f- totally fine. That's mm-hmm. why it has to be a space that's like sort of come and go as you please. Is yeah. That's what I, that's the best setting for the the type of set that I do with Infinite Third. But the the other side of Infinite Third is performance, and I like channels. The next step I'm gonna have is sort of like taking it up a notch and letting it be more of a performance again. Okay. Which I think there's just ebbs and flows of it. Yeah, and I think sure. the ultimate goal is to bridge that. So, like, it's a performance. It's, like, high-octane at points, but it's still very improvised and spacious. So yeah. Like that's that's what I'm building towards right yeah. now. And hope to, you know, be developing that, like, this year for the tours yeah. that I'm going on. Nice. That's really cool. So you're... Um, you're going on tour this year. Yeah. Like, all over? You're doing, um, like, well, Southeast? The only one that's set in stone is uh, in May. I'm going to do, like, my Southeast run. Okay. The, like, the it, the furthest north I go is Pittsburgh, which is just my hometown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so I usually play a show there and then, like, visit some family. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I make my way back down. It's usually, like, a little loop. Like, last year I did, like, a 30-day tour that was, like, probably 25 shows or something like that. Okay. And that was the most I've ever done and it was great. Um, but I have my little communities that I hit up and I start reconnecting with them. And so that's sort of like the easier one. Like that's almost all booked right now. And I do it all myself at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but the next step is I'm, I'm, I in a summer, like July, um, same type of tour, but going West. Okay. So, I've gone west before, but I didn't really, like, tour. I just traveled and played a little bit. Okay. So I want to do, like, a Austin, make my way to L.A., basically, and then spend some time in L.A. Yeah. And then play some shows out there and then make my way back through, like, Colorado and stuff. Okay. So I'm planning that. And then in the fall, I, I usually play a festival or two. So I usually plan um, other shows around the festival to make it more, like, efficient. Yeah. So that's it, yeah. That, that'll... That... That is sort of like what I would like the ideal, like in the coming years, like layout of my year to mm-hmm. be like a lot of time spent in my community, St. Yeah. Pete here, wherever I am, like wherever I call home. But um, I would love there to be like just a few little outreach things that are about a month or too long. Yeah. And hopefully that includes like Europe one day and yeah stuff like that. Oh, I feel like there's some places in Europe you could definitely yeah. kill it with what you're. I want to I want to do like a a mouth council like living room tour in Japan, where it's oh, like oh interesting where it's interactive. Maybe I have like a translator with me or like an ambassador. Yeah, and we figure out that like we don't need like yeah. full language like to to create together and like that's oh yeah I would really love to do that. Well, especially I mean yeah I mean as we all know music is like. Tr- always transcends language mm-hmm. you know um, so yeah. much can be communicated without words yeah you know mm-hmm. um, 
So to kind of wrap it up, one of the th- what I was thinking about earlier that we didn't really we started to touch on was um, it's interesting to me to see how you know death is always a thing that we like we tend to run from it even if we don't mm-hmm. realize we're running from it like it's so final and we we're all marching towards it but we mm-hmm. don't we don't want to but because we see it always as a negative like that's yeah. the end of something but yeah. death is also and I see it in your case like the unexpected death of your father even though you were working on something prior to him dying how positivity and hope came out of something yeah it really just snapped death. me into focus to what I was already doing and like yeah. maybe wasn't doing fully enough mm-hmm. so it sort of just like woke me up out of like distractions and put me on like oh this is what I'm here to do that yeah. kind of thing and I, I, now it seems like I'd tap into it if I hear about an acquaintance dying or something. Like, it's sort of like, it's like the, the slightest reminder. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to lose more people in my life, so yeah. I, don't, I don't have to seek it out. But, yeah, I, yeah, just sort of the inevitability of it mm-hmm. is what I've been now, like, sort of trying to settle into. Yeah. And um, the way I make albums and stuff is, like, long-term over a couple of years, I'll, like, sort of just fixate on a term or a concept and channels was that for about four years Mm -hmm. um now i've sort of shifted to this this term that just sort of like sums up what i feel i'm trying to share about this process that we're talking about is transmute death Mm. so death is here death is everywhere but like we have to transmute it into other inspirations and other um births i guess is so that transmute death will is it's the working title of my next album and I've written, I've written material for it, but I still have space for it to change and stuff and be influenced by the deaths that I yeah. do. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier about your relationship now, the both on both sides, the recognition mm-hmm. of, yeah, well, we say the things like until death is part until, but we all know that at some point there's a finality to the commitment that we have. Yeah. But instead of running from that, it's embrace, you know, embracing that reality that like, yeah, we're still going to go into this together. We're mm-hmm. still, gonna, I'm still going to make this album. I'm still going to those yeah, things, yeah. even though I know at some point down the road, all of this is going to end, Yeah, but that's okay. It, it's actually like a, in the, in terms of art and music, it's very, uh, I find it, uh, relieving that mm. doesn't really matter that much and one day whatever holds my album will probably be dust somewhere and yeah. like no one will like it's right. it's a, like it's sort of a relief in a way yeah um, but in the relationship stand well that's very hard to I find it hard to like know deep down that like we're changing people we don't know what's really gonna happen mm-hmm. we do our best to like commit to the idea of our relationship but like yeah. we know that we could grow apart or anything sure. like that because that's, yeah. that's death too is like yeah, death to the, right. the dream or the idea that we had or that, that that fueled it in the first place but I am finding that there's a there's like sort of this middle ground that like recognizing that sort of gives the space for it to like that becomes the bond then is yeah. that like we're both in agreement that we have to stay open to this because we know firsthand that death happens and loss happens and change happens yeah um that we can't can't really hold it so like the more you try to hold something mm. the 
it slips away. <laughs> like, yeah. I've, I've had too many <clears throat> relationship experiences of trying desperately to keep them in place that that was the thing that really made them not possible. Yeah. So hope I've learned my lesson. But, yeah. You know. No, I, um, I think that's great. It fits so well with like the idea of this podcast because, you know, podcast called Boldly Going. And the idea being that like, you know, everyone has a dream in life. Everyone has passions. So many, I feel like so many people for fear of not being able to accomplish that dream or for fear of, I might lose it. I might, I might make it and then it all falls apart Mm -hmm. kind of thing. They just don't try. They just don't do anything. Um, and I think to really, to really accomplish something, you have to, you have to stare that fear in the face and go, I'm going to try it anyway. Yeah. I, I don't, I guess I feel at this point, like I don't really have another choice. Like the opposite is just not doing something yeah. you want to do. So right. I think there's like a Jim Carrey quote, like you could fail doing what you don't like what you hate to do. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but like, why not fail doing what you love to do or something yeah, like that? Absolutely. Or, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's totally like, I like, I enjoy the processes that I've set up for it all right now that if I would die before this album comes out, like I would have at least wanted to be working on it mm-hmm. until that moment. So right. then like, it's a gift if something actually finishes. I'm like, right. But I love finishing things as well. So like, yeah. So, you know, last minute project plug is that this year, 2019 as another outlet, I decided for infinite third, um, to do release three songs per month. Okay. And they're sort of sketches. They're, yeah. they're not like, I don't spend tons of time on them, but they're like produced songs. Yeah. And, uh, it's on the third, 13th and 23rd of every month. And each oh, one, nice. the parameter is that it's three minutes and 33 seconds long. Okay. So I've, re- I just released the, uh, seventh one and I'm loving the process, but like it's, I love that I get to finish something like I, anytime I get to finish something, yeah. even if it feels unfinished, but it's like, I finished it. Like I said, it's done. Mm-hmm. It feels like I like cheated death. Like I got to, I got to uh, die. Like it's like yeah. that project got to die and we're okay. Like yeah. we survived the, that death. So uh-huh. I, I like the like temporary, like process of that. Yeah. So that's, that's, awesome. that's something I'm doing. Like, I, cause I made a Patreon now and okay. I'm trying to like reevaluate how I connect with everyone and like yeah. only people who are like really interested in what I do are listening to. And that's all I want for these. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I call it moments. It's just called three thirty three moments. Like nice. it's, it could be what I'm feeling that day or like in the couple days leading up to that date. Yeah. And then like I make a little cover art, the date on it and that's it. And it's out there. <laughs> that's super cool. I love it. So talk about that a little bit real quick, like, um, where people can, follow you find your music all that kind of stuff um well my infinite third music spelled t-h-i-r-d uh is on uh spotify and all the digital outlets quite a bit of it is and then you can find a lot a lot of it on Bandcamp, which some people use um that's kind of where i keep like my master discography with like sketch collections and live performances and stuff nice um i have a patreon now patreon.com slash infinite third um i have some funny little options to support where you can you can subscribe for three dollars and 33 cents a month oh nice you get access to like things that i'm only releasing to the patrons or you get it early or just insight i'm still developing it all the time i'm trying to find ways to engage and and like give 
people who are like really supporting me with like their resources, yeah. which I'm so thankful anytime anyone buys my merch or anything. Cause I'm just like, there are times where I want to support someone and I can't afford to do yeah, it. And I just sure. want to so badly. <laughs> but, um, so there's that. And then all the social medias, mm-hmm. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all infinite third. Is uh, it at infinite? Third? At infinite third. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. You can just search me out. I'm, <laughs> I'm, if you search if you, Billy Mays the Third, I'm very easy to find. Yeah, but like yeah. if you search Billy Mays, you might have to go a little bit down right, right, the yeah. results. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Don't just Google Billy Mays. Well, that, I, my Facebook name, my name on Facebook for a long time was just Billy Mays. And I was getting tagged in weird things. I was getting messages. People just thought it was my dad because uh, people weren't yeah. really literate in social media sure, yet. Sure. And yeah. Probably people aren't still. But uh, they... At, at one point, fa- like Facebook makes it kind of hard to like change your name sometimes. So I, oh, yeah. I asked them to put the third on it, and they rejected it like three times. And then I wrote a little note, and I was like, "Hey, it's actually like pretty important because I have to differentiate myself somehow." And they they added the third to my name. So oh, I've been nice. Billy Mays the third on there for a while, which has been nice. Did, did you pull the? Do you know my dad? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I love it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so people can find you on all those things. Uh, I always like to wrap up with um, kind of asking the same uh, question to every every guest, and with the idea of boldly going being the being this idea of the podcast and this the what they're hearing is from someone that maybe they don't know or they've never you know aren't, isn't necessarily famous, mm-hmm. um, but it's somebody that's doing something that's kind of. They're going after their dream, pursuing the thing that they love, and they're trying to make a go of it. Um, everyone's all over the map on this. And my question always in things is like, is that in your opinion, do you think everyone has that ability to, in a sense, boldly go and chase that thing, accomplish that thing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, why or why not? Well, the quick answer is just yes. I think I think that, like, my my, like, real belief about life is that everyone's having like a very similar experience like more than we know hmm. like hmm. but there's no way to prove that it's that similar because we see a lot of differences <clears throat> and we see a lot of like well I'm this type of person I'm and I'm right. I come from this background but like I think that there's some weird symmetry where like the parameters aren't that wide of like what a life is like and like the little details are things that we're trying to hmm. connect on and yeah. everything but I think that what we're talking about like boldly going is like what's called like purpose or you know Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it I think everyone has their version of it Mm -hmm. and it could be something that totally isn't even relatable to someone else but I bet if you could experience each other's experience you would find that it's completely relatable it's Mm -hmm. something you it's a flavor of your life that you have to like that you're called towards and you follow it so I think that's why, like, I don't, I don't feel that I always take inspiration from like people who are like in my medium or my, uh, like, similar to what I do. Yeah. Like, I take a lot of inspiration from someone like you or like basically anyone following what they want to do and yeah. like have a purpose for doing it and yeah. feel feel it like, and and I get that genuine feeling that they 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 need to do it. Yeah. Like that's that's what inspires me. So I I think that's. For me, it's like proof that, like, it can come from anywhere, and like yeah. everyone sort of has it. And and 
with the the final note of yes there are a lot of different circumstances that people are in and we're sure I would hope that most of us are working towards finding all different versions of like what equality could be for that and I I don't think that like I don't want to say that yeah just you know no matter what your circumstances you you uh you just got to pull yourself up you know like I'm not saying that because it's definitely not true and like yeah everyone there's there's plenty of issues that are stopping everyone though at the same time sure like mental mental issues and blocks and traumas and I just think that we're all in it you know we're mm-hmm. all we're all in some weird like experience that we don't quite understand and that we can't control right. all the way and yeah. that we didn't really in my opinion I could there's no proof that we chose it right. <laughs> you know but yeah. <laughs> but yeah true I don't know that's a whole other conversation right, right. I guess. yeah yeah no that's a great that's a great answer and there's you know there's no like right or wrong answer mm-hmm. to that question I'm just always curious people's opinions and perspective on it yeah um, but I, I agree with you I think everyone does have the same we're all connected and we're all the same on Man, some level it's it, it, it hits me in waves of like my life I just I had this tweet brigade last night that I went on and I was just like I had this thought about like it, sometimes it's just like a cliche we're all one mm-hmm. but like if you zoom out like you will literally see that we are a singular entity like mm-hmm. we it's like pieces of the same thing like right. we're just one one thing so it's like sometimes it just hits me again like oh that actually is completely true yeah. but our experience down here like sort of blurs that sometimes. Yeah. So it's funny to For sure. get hit with that all, of, all yeah. of a sudden again. Like I'm real fascinated over the fact or, or the, the reality that like on a very base atomic level, everything in the universe is the same. Yeah. Like, you know, the same atom type of atoms and things that make up this table or the same thing that make up your human body or mm-hmm. my human body they're just ordered in a certain way to be this yeah or or me and then when you yeah. die you know that this you know the moon the universe is all it's all the same atomic base level yeah organized a certain and, way and socially that equates for me with like I find that like if I hurt someone or if I like bring harm to someone especially knowingly Mm -hmm. they're harmed but like the harm the true harm is on me like I'm the I'm perpetrating right and I'm I'm like disrespecting myself in a way so it's like that's another thing where like I feel like karma is like it actually instantly happens when you bring harm to someone Mm. you're actually harming yourself like mentally emotionally spiritually physically even like you're you have stress on you yeah and like that's not to say that like the true victim is the perpetrator it's to say that like the victim is actually retains some sort of purity and and the the perpetrator is like they've kind of lost that innocence already so like you know feel bad for them too because but just in a different way yeah uh such a good point that, that was my Man. Twitter. Like, I basically just paraphrased my, like, seven tweet, like, uh-huh. I don't know why I have to say this right now. Because I was just having some really, like, I was taking in Twitter and all the journalists and yeah. seeing seeing that we're all in this, this uh, the way, the, way the, the tweet that started it was, society is seeing its own shadow, mm. but we're continuously rejecting it. So it's creating these generations of rep- repressed people that have rejected themselves and rejected 
mm. their generation or their family or whatever. Right. So I just think that like until we're able to look at like even the worst of us as like still that's me, mm-hmm. then like we we're not gonna figure it out. Yeah. Ah, that's so great. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I got to talk that out because, like, when you tweet it, you're like, oh, does that really hold up? And then I'm like, now I'm talking about it. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to say. Like, yeah. I, this is what I'm feeling right now. I might I might learn from it and change my perspective. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> man, so good. Thank, thank you for being on. Thank you I'm, so much uh, for having me. Of course, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm, I love what you're doing. I love what you're bringing to the world. And Likewise, I hope more man. people... Yeah, I hope we can work together in, in some capacity yeah. very soon. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. All right. Um, so for all you listening, um, definitely go follow uh, Billy and what he's doing. And, uh, you know, you've heard his story today. My encouragement, as always, is to follow example, boldly go. And like you said early on, there's always more. <laughs> this is not the end. So thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Everybody's done! <laughs> Friends through